Hello and welcome back to the Cheeky Rascals podcast. This week I'm talking to Solomon Barr. Sol is a remarkable 24-year-old blind dad whose inspirational journey has captured the hearts of countless individuals in social media. Sol is known for his Paralympic athlete, entrepreneurial and television endeavours. He is no stranger to overcoming hurdles both on the track and in life and he has brought the same boundless enthusiasm to his journey through parenthood. Sol was born with a rare eye condition known as RP, also known as retinitis pigmentosa. This means his eyesight has progressively deteriorated. By the age of 30, he will be completely blind. This diagnosis has been the driving force behind his mission to demonstrate that parenting is not an insurmountable challenge for those who are blind or disabled. Sol's ultimate goal is to inspire individuals with disabilities and society as a whole, shedding light on the fact that disabled parenting is not merely possible, but also profoundly enjoyable. His story is a testament to the resilience of the human spirit and a powerful reminder that with determination and innovation, parenthood knows no boundaries. So thank you so much for joining me today. My first question for you is actually about your disabled parenting journey. You're on a mission to tell the world about your disabled parenting journey. So what does that specifically mean to you? Yes, absolutely. So my disabled parenting journey and mission spans from my both my career and my experience as well as a parent. I think when we talk about disability in, uh, in society, it encompasses a lot of areas. And my experience of that started in school, you know, having a disability and struggling in class to be able to, you know, access the syllabus, see books, you know, see what's written on the board. And there were, you know, there were solutions for that. I had a teaching assistant, you know, and I had things that were enlarged and I had magnifying glasses. So there was almost like a system and structure in place to help me, you know, to be a successful student. And then when I started my sports career, you know, I, was, I struggled initially to be able to see other people, you know, when I was racing on the athletics track, I was bumping into people, I was tripping over objects. And then somebody told me about the Paralympic Games. They said, you know, there's a disability aspect of sports called the Paralympics, and you can actually do it because you suffer from a visual impairment. And going into it, and realizing it's incredible. Again, there is a system and a structure here and an understanding to allow an individual that has a disability to thrive in this sector. Same with my entrepreneurial journey as well. And when I became a parent, you know, I realized, A, there's not actually a discussion in this area in society. You know, not many people acknowledge, you know, of disabled parenting or, or even like the positive aspects of it. When I told people that me and my partner were pregnant and we're going to have a child, the first sort of reaction is like, oh, but you're blind. Like, how are you going to do this? So there's already like that stigma of thinking, oh, because you're blind, you can't be a successful parent or an individual that's in a wheelchair, you know, like all, all you get is the negative feedback and, you know, sort of the criticism and the how are you going to cope sort of statement. And for me, like my experience in school, like my experience in sport, and, you know, like my experience in business, like, you know, disabled people are, you know, welcomed and, and helped and celebrated. And there's a discussion there. It's the same discussion I want to bring into parenting. Can an individual with a disability be a successful parent and thrive? And that, you know, my journey has led me to having, you know, a social media platform and to talk about things and to review products that help me, uh, psychological shifts I've had to make, things in society, you know, that I find. And just, you know, like, like I said, the main point of being just having a discussion and raising the awareness and just letting people know that, hey guys, you know, I'm disabled and other people are disabled and we're successful parents and here's how we do it. And, you know, actually we're very happy doing it. 
Of course, it's such a great mission and I'm so sorry that obviously it had to come from the struggles and the stigmas that you do face on a daily basis. But that is such a fantastic mission and, you know, at Cheeky Rascals, we are so glad that we are able to help you throughout that mission as well. And in particular, you actually created a video showcasing our baby brother, Formula Pro Advance, which wasn't paid. We were absolutely thrilled when we saw the video. It was fantastic and it showcased all the best features of the product. So we actually want to know what technology do you look for when choosing products to help your parenting journey? Yes, absolutely. So um, as I say, with my disability, I've always had to find ways around tackling the struggles and finding ways of jumping over the barriers of having blindness. And it kind of, you know, it, it's natural for me to say, okay, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z to be a parent. How can I find things that can help me? And as you said, it was completely organic and it was completely natural. Like, you know, I just put it up there because it's, it's my truth and it's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's my day to day. This is how I do it. And it was obviously a shock to yourselves and other people like, oh yeah, like it, we never, we never thought about like it actually helping blind people. Like when I look, you know, went on YouTube to see how do you actually make a baby bottle, you know, in the nine months leading up to, you know, the baby, uh, arriving, you know, you, you start preparing as a dad and you start to think, okay, all right okay crap like i need to i need to get an x y and z like i need to learn how to do this and one of those things was bowls like and just seeing it being explained i thought i think i'm going to struggle here like you have to get the exact amount of water in the bowl you know with specific millimeters and the, the measurement numbers on the bottles like i i didn't even know they were there to be honest with you like i can't see anything here let alone like some my minuscule number and then obviously weighing out the powder as well and then seeing if it's mixed properly. And it's like, I can barely make myself a cup of tea. How am I going to make my baby like a bottle? And, you know, I looked far and wide on the internet and it, was, it always came back to one solution. It was <laughs> the baby resin. And it never mentioned anything about disability. You know, it never mentioned anything about helping blind people. It just was what it was. It was a, a baby formula, you know, making machine. And you don't have to think about, you know, how much water you're using. You don't have to think about how much powder you have to do like uh, apart from the initial inputting of those things it does it all by itself and, and for me it was like a mind-blowing experience like how do people not know about this and especially like visually impaired you know parents how do they know about this and you know it, it perfectly married in with with my mission um and so you know obviously that's one of the things i use heavily 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 on a day-to-day -day basis you know six to eight times a day it's completely reliable it works every single time it's easy to use and it takes the stress out of not just being a parent, but, you know, all the, as I say, intricate parts of being a visually impaired individual. Other things I use are, for example, with medication, I like to look for things with large font because I do have some vision, like I have about 10 to 15% of vision. So as long as there is large, bold, um, clear to read font on packaging, on, you know, nappies or baby formula uh, cans, you know, whatever it is on toys. If it's large and it's, you know, easy to use, I can, you know, obviously see it. If not, I can whip out my phone and use a magnifying feature to zoom in, be able to see that. Or Braille as well, you know, I'm, I'm some, I can somewhat read Braille. So in, on medication packages, sometimes you might notice, you know, small bumps on there. And, you know, those bumps are actually Braille. Now, they don't sort of replicate a letter. So for example, it's not like the letter A in bumps. It's a completely different language. It's almost like Morse code. Mm -hmm. So it's like one dot is A, two dots, one above the other is B, C is like a dot. 
one dot on the left and one dot on the right. So you kind of have to learn it. And I've progressively been learning that over the years. So that's another thing that really helps me. And having a routine as well with Tallulah helps a lot because it allows me to know what part of the day we're in. So I can formulate whether it's a feeding, whether it's a nap time, whether it's changing, whether it's going out for a walk, you know, whether it's going to see family, like it, there's almost like an automatic structure there that, you know, me and her can kind of like coexist in. Um, but also like, you know, technology, technology is the biggest one I've found so far. And I just keep finding so many cool things like the baby browser. Another one is, um, a monitor. So it's a, it's a monitor that clips onto the, um, the baby's nappy and it, it gives you sort of body temperature, heart rate, oxygen level, like loads of different things that I wouldn't be able to pick up that there's something wrong with her just by looking at her. You know, I can, if I'm sleeping at night and something's wrong, you know, it, it, it alerts me on my phone and it allows me to, to, you know, to know things like that. Uh, and I've got, I, I've got, I've received, you know, thank you to yourselves. I've received other products that I just can't, you know, wait to talk about. And what I want to do is make it genuine as well. I think sometimes what parents need to know is what's genuine and what's authentic and what actually works. And so for me, when I talk about something like a baby present, because I've genuinely had incredible experiences, you know, as with the other products, like it's finding a place in my life that makes that massive difference, you know, for not just time saving, juicing stress out of parenting, but also like, I think, you know, mental health as well is a big one because you do get stressed as a parent and what can take those, you know, annoying niggles throughout the day, you know, they're making the bottles, they're cleaning the bottles, they're making sure they're sterilized, the, the, my baby only drinks warm milk and I'm outdoors with a cold bottle, like all these annoying little, you know, factors, like there are solutions to them and I want to talk about them in the you know, most honest, most positive way when I combine the words for them. Of course, we're, we're so happy at Cheeky Rascals to be able to help you along your parenting journey and making it slightly easier. But as you said, it you know, it does genuinely make your uh, mission easier and that's all we want to do at Cheeky Rascals. So thank you so much for your kind words. As you mentioned there, you've, you've got your little baby Tallulah. She's absolutely adorable, by the way. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> you should spend the day with her. <laughs> How does she communicate her needs to you? So I did a lot yes. of research online and I was looking at some ways that some other disabled parents use their like their child's body language. So does her body language change or does her cry change? For example, does she droop her head if she's sleepy or does she stiffen when she's scared? Those were just some common examples that I found online. But for you, how does Tallulah communicate her needs to you? Yes, absolutely. And this is um I always say to my partner, like, I feel like she's getting, uh, she's getting born every day. Like there's always something new that we're, we're finding out or there's always something different. It's just an ever evolving process. You know, when she was a newborn, it was very subtle, it was very simple. You know, like you said, with the type of cry it is, um, we've, I've slowly started to understand it because I can't see it properly. My hearing is kind of a little bit enhanced. So I can almost like hear the nuances, you know, within the cries, within the whining or what kind of groan it is like i can always hear like okay that's a hungry you know cry or that's a thirsty cry or that's a nap time cry or that's a, i'm irritated get me out of this nappy cry so over time like it it's it's still it's still developing because now she started to feed so that's another one like you can almost tell whether she's <laughs> wanting solids or liquids so it, it keeps changing but as you said like there are differences in what Tallulah needs 
initially, like like I said, it's you know she just wants a bottle and she's ready to have, <laughs> and then it's like you know with the nappy, and then it's like okay, I'm tired of this toy. I want a, I want a different toy, or now I want you to hold me. You know, they're they're they're. It's a one-to-one relationship um, for us personally. Another one is um, if I'm not sure, you know, I'll pick her up arms length. That's where I'm able to see her. Anything beyond arms length, I can't, you know, see her facial expressions. But you know, if I can get her up to that level, I can, you know, just about work out what what's going on. As you said, again, her body language, whether she's moving her body around a lot, where she's wriggling. If she's wriggling the bottom half of her legs, I can tell that's usually nappy time. And if she keeps on like, you know, moving her arms around, it means she just wants picked up. Like, you know, as you said, there are all these cues as well. But yeah, as I say, it's all integrated in the routine as well. She's kind of started to have this um, almost like second nature of, you know, okay, she knows what time, what time it is, you know, it's nap time. So she <laughs> she kind of follows follows suit as well with that. It's it's another developing communication we're developing. And I'm, I'm almost like looking forward to seeing what others there are as well. We definitely have to find dif- different um, methods of communicating. I mean, it, I'm almost like jealous of parents that can do have full sight because they can just sort of at a quick glance have a look. But for us, it almost has to have like a two, uh, step two or a step three. Yeah, but that, I think for me that that comes back from having a you know determination just to take on parenting with with everything I've got. You know, I think it's easy to become discouraged uh, if you obviously have a disability or if there's multiple barriers you have to face but you know i've learned to be resilient you know from my sports and you know from school and just learning to just go with it and so with parenting it's the same thing i just transition into it and it's another part of my job as well being a motivational speaker i kind of want to show other people that may be struggling with parenting like your mindset is a big part of it you know what i mean like how you come to it and how you see it you know really really matters i think it's easy to become disheartened you know it's all part of the job and it's it's how you embrace it i think you'll you can learn to love any job you do as long as you, you know, have a shift in perspective. And that's certainly what I've done with my disability and with her. So it, it's it's exciting to see what else is there and what other skills we can we can develop and all the hacks I'm learning. Hopefully I can share them on TikTok with other individuals with disabilities, but also for society as a well. whole. I think it's important to educate everybody that, you know, this exists. There are blind dads out there and this is how they do it. And I think then, you know, the awareness of society can grow. And understand that you know we we can do this, and we're doing doing this positively. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And as you mentioned, there you talked about your partner a little bit. So I wanted to know how does your partner actually help make your parenting accessible to you? And are there any sort of tips and guidance that you would also give? I mean, it might be it might have been better to talk to your partner about this, but are there any sort of tips that you would give? to someone who is also visually impaired and navigating being new to a parent? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is a really important question because it's a um it's it's a group effort, you know, it's a cooperation. And um for us, um soft skills are very important, such as communication and patience. I think those two are kind of like the foundations of not just any relationship, not just even any pa- parenting journey, but I guess as humans, like to be able to communicate your needs to your partner is very, very important, but then to also have the patience to let them do what they need to do or for them to have the patience to let you do what you know you need to do is very, very important as well. So those are the two fundamental, you know, things we've, we've got in place. Like if I need something, not just because I'm busy, visually impaired, but just as a dad, like if I need something, it's important to communicate that, but then also like to not be frustrated and to have the patience and understand that we're both going through this together. So those are two very important things. Um, secondly, like I understand where my strengths lie, you know, when, when it comes to 
raising Tallulah, like I understand my strengths are, you know, playing with her, doing the night shift, bowl feeding, and just being like that fun, bubbly dad. And for my partner, it's, you know, changing. <laughs> this is going to sound really horrible, but changing the nappy. Um, obviously, recently doing the actual, uh, I can never surprise this word, weaning, baby weaning. So that, that, that side of things, outfit changes, reading the bedtime books. And as you can see, there's a pattern there. Those are things that are very visual. So when it comes to changing the nappy, you have to be able to know that it's clean and, you know, there's, there's nothing left over and, you know, she's happy to go. You know, when it comes to the weaning, like she, it can get really messy. It gets in her hair, it gets in all her clothes. And I can't see that to be able to know, oh, after we're done here, you're going to need a bath, young lady. Like, whereas my partner can do that with the bedtime reading books as well. Like I can't, you know, just pick up a, any baby book and read it. We're looking into solutions for that at the minute. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's things that I can't do, you know, obviously my partner will do just not because I can't do it, but it, it just makes, it just saves time. It makes things easier. Everybody's happy. Everybody feels like they're playing a role. And, you know, as I say, it's a collaborative jo- journey. So doing it together and, um, you know, having a lot of compassion for each other as well is important. But yes, my partner is, um, is a huge, huge role and she's, um, you know, she's aware enough to know that there are things I. I want to do that might not be easy but you know we we work together and we find we find solutions like for example with the baby bottles in the beginning I struggled to actually you know put the baby bottle in 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 the baby's mouth but you know again having the patience and going okay what what can we do like let's think about how you can find the mouth in the first place so you know using your index finger to gently feel around her lower part of her face oh that's her nose obviously her mouth is below that so you know working your finger there okay there's there's her lips okay brilliant now i've got her lips um i've still got the bottle in my hand i can just gently you know guide the tea into where her mouth is and brilliant so now i found a solution to be able to actually feed the baby with, with, with a bottle successfully so you know those are kind of div- different hacks we've had to work together to find but yeah no it's been brilliant in working with my partner I think when it comes, yeah, when it comes to, you know, other individuals that may be in, um, I think it's called an interability relationship now. It's a new word I'm hearing everywhere. So it's, you know, a couple where one or two of you might have a disability. An individual that has a disability can do almost, if not everything, an able-bodied person can do, given the right, you know, tools, tricks, techniques, and patience. So if your partner that has a disability does want to do something, you know, just, just, just allow the patience and allow, you know, the compassion to, to, to let them, to let them at least try. One of the things I wasn't so sure about doing was pushing the pram out in public. You know, what if I didn't, don't see the curb and just walk onto the road and, you know, a car comes and all, all these nightmarish, you know, ideas come to your mind, but it's like, you know, I do want to push the pram. I want to look independent and, you know, responsible and, you know, learning to know where curbs are and learning to listen before you cross, you know, all these, all these, all these skills, you know, you, you learn. So a person with a disability can do everything a normal parent can, but it's just, you know, that, that extra bit of leniency and, and allowing, and allowing them to do it. But, you know, I can't speak for all disabilities and how they might work around things. I've seen incredible things on TikTok, like um, a parent that's in a wheelchair who has no arms and, you know, dresses their newborn baby with only their feet. Like I'm absolutely blown away and amazed by that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a testament to, you know, they can do it. The individuals with disabilities can do it. Just let them find their own little way of doing it. As you were finding your way of doing things, who was and who is your support network? And do you have any resources or particular groups that you would recommend to other disabled or visually impaired parents? 
it's one of the main um, driving forces for, I guess, why I'm um, so vocal at the minute about civil parenting is because I couldn't find anything specific to that genre. You know, I tried to Google, oh, is there any disabled parenting charities out there that may offer advice or guidance to individuals that are obviously disabled but also parents? And the only thing I could find was like a charity that used to exist that got shut down now in like 2016. Like, and it was like, there's actually nothing here. The first point of point of access is disabled specific charities. So if you are blind, visually impaired, if you are a wheelchair user, if you're hard of hearing, if you have mental health issues, there are obviously individual charities that will try and help and guide you to better cope with your disability. Or they'll talk, you know, they'll tell you about local services that might exist. They might tell you about you know, technology that might help you better with your disability. You know what I mean? They, 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 they'll help you specifically with your disability, but the specific topic of disabled parenting, there isn't any sort of established organizations out there. So I think the first, you know, way to get towards that is to, uh, you know, have a conversation about that, which we are gladly doing now. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. The second thing is, to, as I've had to learn over the years, as I've grown with my disability is to be vocal and, you know, use what surrounds you. You know, people don't know you need help until you tell them you need help. And so for me, you know, I've had to integrate that into my parenting journey. Like for example, the other day I was in a supermarket and I was looking for, you know, a specific, her baby formula, but it's a specific one. And I could have spent hours and hours and hours with my magnifying glass going through, you know, all the different options out there up and down the aisles, not finding it and struggling. Or I could, you know, realize that this is a point where I need to externalize, you know, and, and, and ask for some help and use the support around me, go to customer services and say, Hey, listen, you know, I have a vision impairment and I need, you know, this specific product. Can you help me? And, you know, like, you know, a 45 minute job got done in two minutes. And so external, externalizing your needs and using what's around you, you know, using the people around you. And um, in terms of support network specifically, yes, of course, like if family ever decides to come around for sleepovers, you've always got to take the opportunity. <laughs> Can you hold the baby? I'm going for a nap, you know, or can you help me with X, Y, and Z uh, if they're friendly enough to to do so? You know, always use the support around you. Friends come and visit as well. But, um, you know, for me, I've always, you know, had the, the mindset of being independent and, you know, using what's around me to do the best I can until the point of, you know, where I realize, you know, I'm struggling here. I'm, you know, trying too hard. But, but yeah, support networks are huge disability specific charities are out there to offer you support oh of course also parenting charities are out there to offer you support sorry i forgot to mention that i can't mention any from the top of my head right right now but of course you know if you need if you you know if you're struggling to be a, a parent as a whole you know i mean I, i'm sure there are um charities and organizations out there that are willing to offer support but in the, in the kind of niche i'm i'm sort of talking about i've not personally seen anything um, but also, also, you know, like you said, family support networks are very important. Utilize them if you can. Society as well. Do you know what I mean? Like the bus driver, like, you know, I'm visually impaired or I have a specific disability and I need to get the pram on the bus. Can you help me? You know, like use society. Society is there, you know, to support you. You know, we're supposed to, well, we're supposed to support each other. And what I found that it is if you express that you need help because of a genuine disability, 90% of people are willing to offer help. So ask when you need help. It's very, very important to be vocal um, when you have a disability. And I'm so glad that you've had that experience of people obviously willing to help you and really glad that you are being so vocal about your mission. And, you know, hopefully today we've helped some other disabled parents. Yeah. And so we've got to come to a close soon, but 
I have one final question for you. And going right back to the beginning, you talked about your journey as a para sprinter. So yeah. I wanted to ask about how has sports impacted your life? And is that a passion that you also hope your daughter will share with you? Yes, absolutely. So sport has impacted my life incredibly. The first thing you get when you are diagnosed with a disability is a list of jobs you won't be able to do in the future. And as disheartening as that sounds, you know, it's true. Like for me, it's like, oh, well, Honestly, you won't ever be able to drive a car, Solomon. You won't be able to really be a doctor or, you, you know, you won't really be able to be a pilot. Like, I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Or, you know, I luckily found sport. You know, I was naturally gifted and I also worked hard at it. And it's been, you know, immensely incredible for me. It's one of the things I could do. So, you know, I, I excuse the pun, I completely ran with it and I took it all the way and I represented Great Britain, you know, in, in, in international competitions, you know, and I made a success of it. And it's, allowed me to then be able to to be a motivational speaker to inspire other you know blind and disabled people you know as it's given me so many incredible personal attributes you know confidence resilience determination you know the spirit of never giving up all the all the incredible things you get with sport and you know with with with, with Tallulah it's like as long as you know I can transfer those attributes you know to her I'm not really fussed on whether she gets into sport or not I, you know I want to make sure it's their choice and so you know for Tallulah like as long as those attributes are integrated, you know, even if it's something as fun as playing chess or jigsaw or, you know, playing in the sand, like you can always find ways of, you know, teaching your young ones these sort of key, key personal um, attributes. And yeah, I will obviously be pushing her into sports or towards sports at least. Um, what kind of sports? We'll kind of discover that over time, whether it's swimming, tennis, athletics hopefully <laughs> women's football even i mean how incredible has that been recently yeah you know so there's so many yeah there's so many options for her and um and yeah as a as a sports lad dad uh, we're gonna have to see how that develops but no sports has been absolutely incredible for me you know it's 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 what i it's it's definitely what i am um, thing that made me who i am um and I'd, yeah i'd definitely like to see that passed down to my children well, I'm so sorry we've got to actually come to a close. However, <laughs> I genuinely could talk absolutely hours about this. I mean, it's been an absolutely fantastic podcast. And thank you so much for talking with me today about your parenting journey. Of course, we will be doing more work with you in the future, as you mentioned. We already gave you some extra products. So we will be sort of helping you throughout your parenting journey and hopefully see Tallulah grow <laughs> with the products that we can. So thank you so much for talking to me today and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope what I've said has resonated with at least one, one individual today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for dedicating some of your free time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to give us a follow and a five-star review. It would really mean a lot. Also, don't forget to check our description box where you'll be able to find links to all our social media, the social media of guests, our website, and links to any studies that you may find useful or that were mentioned within this episode. From all the team at Cheeky Rascals, have a great day.